Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. The thing about Sam Darnold is this, and that's really what tonight is about, this entire game. Look, Broncos fans rooting for the Broncos, Jets fans rooting for the Jets, but the entire national interest level of this game is Sam Darnold. Is he really going to be a great quarterback? And I still see him doing the same things that he did last year, that he did the year before, which is he'll make good throws, and then he'll make throws that that make you say, uh, what throw was that all about? That was a what kind of decision was that? On the play he got sacked on, he had a wide receiver wide open across the middle, and he didn't throw the football, and I don't know why. He could have got rid of it, and he didn't. And you can make excuses all you want to about guys, and, and, and clearly, you know, first year quarterback, okay, second year they've got to take a jump. But at some point, you are who you are, and that's always been my big fear is that this is just who Darnold is. He can make some good throws, but he also makes bad plays, and eventually he will fall into the category of a former high first-round pick who has a nice long NFL career as a backup because he's prepared to be a starter, and when you have to put him out there in, in, the, in, in, a, in a pinch, he's someone who knows that he can be able to do that, like Marcus Mariota, just like all the guys who did that, like what happened to Mark Sanchez, all these Jets quarterbacks, I'm saying. All well, these guys, that, that's where it's going to go for Sam Darnold because because clearly, if it doesn't take that long. It's not that difficult to see if a guy is really talented. If a guy's in year three and you're still going, boy, I see some great things and I don't see some great things, 
that, that should tell you everything you need because guys like Joe Burrow can come in right away and show you, hey, he, he's got it. That, the guy's got it. Justin Herbert comes in right away. Hey, you know what? He's got it. Josh Allen came in right away. You know what? He's got it. Who are the two guys that everybody's got the most questions about? Darnold and Baker Mayfield. These are guys in year three where they're going, eh, they've done some things. They've done some bad things. We're trying to evaluate and bring them along. You can only bring guys along so long. Eventually, it's, well, this is who they are, and all right, they're not who we thought they were, and we have to move on. Because other quarterbacks will show you, the good ones, they come in and show you very early, hey, I can do it. And when you take three-plus years or or into year three to show that maybe you could do it or not, how many guys suddenly become stars? For every Case Keenum who can, you know, I don't get a chance, I'll I'll blossom in year six, year seven, well, then they go back to who they were year eight and year nine. It's uh, I just don't like the way Darnold is trending. I don't like what's happening. I don't know how he's being handled. I don't know if he's salvageable. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's a next-level guy. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And I don't think I'm going to get the answers to any of these questions by the end of the season. No, it is not an episode of Soap. You will not wrap things up in 22 minutes. There are going to be more questions leading into next week. That's just the way it works. Uh, look it up, people. Uh, hit the Wikipedia. You know, I know they have TV theme song uh, Thursdays with the odd couple, so maybe you've heard that uh, song dropped in there. But what, what it comes down to, though, you know, you, you brought in Baker Mayfield because obviously year three, let's tag him in the, in the same draft class. They at least surrounded him with talent. And then realized, you know what? We don't want him winging it around 35 times. So, hey, Kareem Hunt's available. Why don't we bring him in to work with Nick Chubb? And now we've got a backfield that can at least stabilize things. And we don't have to rely on on Baker to throw the ball 40 times a a game. Or at least uh, when the defense shows up, they don't. uh, As that secondary starts to get healthy. Uh, Bum slants so far, though. Two bum teams that they won for a beat for their 2-1 and record. But when it comes to the Jets... Legitimately, there are a lot of categories in your evaluation that you say need more information, right? I forget what the designation that you would do. Like you go to the uh, quarter poll of uh, well, the first quarter will come through at school and it'll be like, all right, let's do some evaluations. Uh, we haven't gotten to that yet. So you either put the N.A., leave it blank, or just say uh, this is coming. Or <laughs> I think that's where we're at with Sam Darnold. Like, we, we still don't have any talent wrapped around him. Again, I love Frank Gore. The fact that you're trying to throw the ball deep to Frank Gore is a problem. Even, uh, if, this was, even if this was 2011 when Frank Gore was 31, I mean, it would still be a difficult thing to do. But that but that's the point. It's not a pass receiver. That's not his role. Why but are now we throwing the ball is. to him? Why are we throwing a wheel route to Frank? This is yes. Adam Gase. Why are we throwing a wheel route to Frank Gore? Because nobody I mean, I know you love Frank it. Gore. I know Gase loves Frank Gore. But uh, look, it all comes back to everything else. It's a conversation that could go for years. No, but that's just we are Sisyphus when it comes to the Jets organization. You have tremendous quads, but you've absolutely gained no ground in what you're trying to do with that rock. So that that's where we're at. And I, I think for Sam Darnold, until there's some dramatic shift in New York or he goes to another organization, you know, like Juju Smith-Schuster saying, hey, how about we take him in Pittsburgh and release him from hell? Oh, that'll right, be great. Because you know what? Then he'll be healthy and he'll take over for Roethlisberger at 26 and he'll be great. And oh, look how good. All he had to do was get away from the Jets. Because you know that's what's going to happen. Just get away from the Jets. And I'll look at Dar- look at Darnold. All oh, my early years in New York, I feel bad. You know, I was hurt. We didn't have the best talent around me. But now here I am with all these great players, and look how good I am winning my third Super Bowl before I'm 30 years old. Yeah, that about uh, summed up your nightmare <laughs> s- scenario, right? I mean, that was uh. that was it. That, that was the hellscape scenario for you, like when the uh, parademons <laughs> were coming after Batman. But the look, <laughs> it's just that that idea of uh, why you Batman. No, nice. That extra kick at the end there. But uh-huh. I, I think it's an incomplete evaluation because there's still a lot to like, and, and you wonder if he's ever going to get a fair shake. How many quarterbacks have we said that about no. through the annals of history? Yeah, th- this guy in a stable environment with some good coaching <laughs> might have actually been okay. If this guy was on the 85 Bears, boy, he would have really been something. Twitter at how Second about Second highest Fresca? scoring team in the league that year, <laughs> jerk. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? 
This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kyrie Irving really didn't want to give LeBron James credit for being a great player, making sure to say on this podcast that, well, the guy I'm sitting next to right now is the only guy I'm comfortable passing the ball to when it comes down to it in the game. Ten seconds left. One point game. Who's shooting? You, you were Kyrie, KD? Depends on who's hot. I don't see it as, that, as anything other than that. Like, one three pick and roll or it's an ISO for either one of us or it's something great for our, our team. I'm, one thing I'm, I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that make that shot too. 
Okay, so first of all, him saying, I feel like I'm the best option, awesome. Doesn't matter if he's not the best option. This is what you want your best players to feel. That's not a big deal. But then to go on and say, this is the first time I played with a guy where I could pass him the ball at the end and he was going to make a game-winning shot. I mean, there's nothing to do but laugh because you know that you know he's taking a shot at LeBron James, and it's ridiculous when you when you measure Kyrie Irving and what he's accomplished versus LeBron James and what he's accomplished. All I do is laugh. All I do is laugh at Kyrie Irving. I can't take anything he takes seriously. He is someone who is dangerously weird because sometimes the things he say is just ridiculous and outlandish. You can dismiss it. Other times it's, well, now, now you're screwing things up, right? You almost screwed up the bubble by trying to get people to not go play in the bubble because, you know, he wasn't there and he was upset about things. He is dangerously weird, all right? He's a wild card, and I say all the time, this is why he's not worth the trouble. I was not unhappy when the, when the Knicks did didn't get him because I don't know from day to day if he's going to be into playing for the team or not. This is who he's been his entire career. He went from he loved LeBron James. Then he hated LeBron James, trolling him on video. Then it was, I don't know how to lead LeBron. So I called LeBron and asked him for advice. And now in a podcast that he knows is going to get a lot of attention, he says, this is the first guy I felt comfortable passing the ball to at the end of a game that can make a shot. I mean, really? I mean, you're Gary Irving, he's just saying stuff to say stuff. And when you say things like this, okay, some of it is, all right, you're ridiculous, but some of it's dangerous because it it can do things like with with the bubble and almost trying to break up uh, the resumption of, of the game. I mean, I can't take him seriously. I mean, we'll get to the even bigger thing he said in a minute because it's going to be – it's more dangerous than just being stupid because saying this about LeBron James is just being stupid, right? Because, I mean, it really is. There, There's no leg to stand on. The only way you can back up Kyrie Irving is if you say, well, I want to take the most unpopular part of this story and make it seem like a good one so I can get everybody mad at me on Twitter. Right? That's what I want to do. That's the only way you can make what Kyrie Irving said worth it because it's just stupid to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, like I, I didn't trust LeBron. LeBron to take the last shot of a game. That's just stupid. The dangerous stuff we'll get to in a second, but that part of it, I mean, there, I, I don't know. Did you have any other reaction when you heard that today? Well, I heard the, this part, and it's just, all right, well, we, we're making sure we get some clicks. We're making sure we get people excited because right now, you know, and it's like we talked about a couple of days ago, even before the, the game one beatdown uh, the Lakers put on the heat was everybody's going to come out of the woods with – every shot they could possibly take at LeBron during this, right? Uh, And this is one where Kyrie decided, let's jump on that. Hoping that the internet scrubbed prior comments, prior, you know, incidents that he's been involved in, right? Like when a bunch of young Celtics guys play much better organized basketball when he's not around. You know, we could we could go into that whole uh, phenomenon as well. But, yeah, it, it was a hot take nonsense, and I'm fearing he's coming to take my job. I mean, is really what it came down to for me is <laughs> when he's done playing basketball, he's wanting to get on a debate show. Here, I'm going to yell at something even if I don't believe one word of it. All right, it doesn't even have to be a debate show. It could just be someone <laughs> bloviating by themselves. But the the idea just being, let's let's throw this up, see if it sticks, and see what kind of response we get from LeBron. That's all it is. It's poking the bear. It's trying to get him in the next press availability. You know this will be one of the first questions asked. And we'll see how diplomatic, uh, regal, whatever, uh, whatever you want to use to uh, describe LeBron James is in his response. I don't know how nice it'll be, especially when he was propping himself up today about, I could do whatever I want on that court. <laughs> I can do it all. Look at me. So there's what he said about LeBron, which again, as I tell you, it's just stupid and it's easy to <laughs> laugh at him. And I didn't get into the world being flat part of with Kyrie Irving because there's just so much. No, but I mean, that's just it. That That's all just, you know, that that's the background story. There's that file. Everybody knows what he is. Next. But this is what gets to be the dangerous part of Kyrie Irving because obviously Steve Nash getting hired as Brooklyn Nets head coach was met with a couple of eyebrow-raising takes on Steve Nash. How did he get this job? You know, you have a couple of big stars you're coaching, and this is your first NBA coaching job. But Kyrie Irving doesn't really see that as a problem because in his words, hey, the Brooklyn Nets are going to have many head coaches next year. We don't need somebody to come in and, 
put their coaching philosophy on everything that we're doing and change up the wheel and yo, you guys need to start doing this. And we start running on the first day of practice. It's just like, no, <laughs> I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? Like I, KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Jacques Vaughn could do it one day. It could, it could be, it can be, it's a collaborative effort, I think, on our part. Yeah, look at that. That's Kevin KD Durant and Kyrie Irving too. saying that anybody can be a head coach. Okay, if you still think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be great next year, just think about this. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are saying, we don't need a head coach. We don't need a we, – we it doesn't matter. We don't need a guy coming in telling us to run and, and doing – they, they just want someone to sit there and do what? And shake their hand when they come off uh, and, and come How off the court? How great is that? I mean, really? They, do they, they rotate who has to wear the suit? Like, is, for load management days, hey, it's Kyrie's day off. Get him the suit. What's his size again? Which one's his? I mean, they all have matching suits. Uh, for everybody who's line. putting money down on the Nets, oh, the Nets are going to win the championship next year. Just realize this. They have said they don't need a head coach. So are they really going to listen to Steve Nash? Are they ever going to? Is this going to be a situation where KD and Kyrie are just going to do their own thing and Kyrie Irving is going to be someone who's making all kinds of headlines over the course of the year? This is the Nets. This is why, again, I wasn't that disappointed when the Knicks didn't get Kyrie Irving. But now here's KD saying Jock Vaughn can be the head coach. Whoa, timeout. Timeout, timeout, timeout. So now you have your – Kyrie Irving's Kyrie, and he's, and, and he's obviously crazy. But now you have Kevin Durant who is saying, yeah, it's a collaborative effort. It's a, we, we don't have a head coach. Wow. I, people are listening to this in the NBA, and they're all going – Good luck. Good luck. To, like They're like uh, Vegas blackjack dealers when they're having the shift change, when they clap their hands and show you no cards up my sleeve. Good luck, gentlemen. Good luck. Good luck the rest of the night. I'll see you. Good luck. That's yeah. what the league is saying to Brooklyn right now. Good luck. Good luck with these two guys. I mean, seriously, this <laughs> they've accomplished so much. Kyrie Irving's accomplished so much. We now know everything that's going to happen over the course of this year. We can be the head coaches. I, wow. If I'm, I, I if like I'm that Steve ex- Nash... You know. I walk around and I go, do I really want to coach this team? I mean, hey, he's getting paid. Do I really want to? He's happy. Oh, my goodness. And, and look, he only has to coach, you know, 20 games in the regular season based on the rotation that they're establishing. <laughs> so we'll be curious to watch. Uh, uh, hey, next Thursday, can we switch days? I'd, I'd rather be in the suit against these guys. I want to pad my stats. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, they, they play really tight defensively, and I really don't want that. I'd rather play the next night against the Knicks, and you can coach that night, okay? And I'll, and I'll, I'll do that, okay? Let's but, do that. But, Perfect. like, adding Jacques Vaughn at the end, as Durant does, like, you could have had him as a head coach. You didn't need the other guy. Why did you bring in the fourth man to this situation? But this is this is where we're at. But I can tell you this: there's an awful lot of assistant coaches that I go, this damn thing better not work. This better not work because I'm screwed. Because not only will I maybe not get a look see ever for a head coaching job, they may decide some of us on the bench are obsolete because of these guys. <laughs> hey, Steve. Yeah, yeah, coach. Yeah, what is it? Hey, can you make the game next Saturday? Because I'd like you to coach that game. Because that one I want to play. Okay, and well, you know, listen. There's one game I want to con- I want to kind of coach the first half and play the second half. All right. So if you can be the head coach that night, that'd be great. All right. And then maybe, or maybe if like Jacques Vaughn wants to be the head coach for one quarter, and then you be the head coach the next quarter, and you change suit and ties, like it. And you know what? Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my clothing company to get you the tearaway suit. So it's like when it's time to go, you can just rip it off like we rip off our clothes nice. and get ready to go play. I mean, I really, like th- th- this is who the Nets like are. Like Leslie Nielsen <laughs> in The Naked Gun. <laughs> this is the. This is going to be. I'll tell you right now. This is going to be a disaster. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. We're going to love it. We're going to love Kyrie Irving going, well, I, I, I don't run any of the plays that Coach calls. I don't do any of that. Are you kidding? Why would I do that? No, I don't do any of that. Oh, my goodness. You, you think the Nets are going to win next year? This is where they're at. KD and Kyrie don't need a head coach. Okay. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It now looks like it's official as to what the Jets are going to do when it comes to Adam Gase. Connor Hughes, Jets insider for The Athletic put out this report just a few moments ago saying that the Jets' plan is to fire, not fire, fire, not fire. It's so damn hot. The plan is to not fire Adam Gase tonight. Tomorrow morning, the plan is to fire, not fire, fire, not fire, not fire Adam Gase tomorrow morning either. The Jets have announced they will make plans to move forward with Adam Gase, without Adam Gase, with Adam Gase, without Adam Gase, with Adam Gase, moving He's forward. He's yours forever now. Connor Hughes of The Athletic uh, saying that they are fearing another disruption to Sam Darnold's development. They will stick with Adam Gase through the rest of this season. This, I need a deep breath for a second, and then I have to ask a question. Okay. Okay. So, 
this is how bad it is for the Jets that they're sticking with the guy they know is terrible because they're worried about our development of a quarterback, a quarterback who has not developed to this point in the National Football League, a guy who's still his second year in the offense is making some good throws, but also making some horrible throws. He made some good throws tonight. He also made some bad throws. He's looked horrible against teams that are just a little bit better than this. Remember, the Broncos are awful. The Broncos are absolutely terrible, and we talked about the injuries they've had on offense. They have more on defense. I mean, they're missing all of their players on defense, and still, Sam Darnold had this kind of night. Darnold was bad against the best defense he faced earlier in the season. Buffalo, San Francisco, they made him look terrible. They made him look like, how is this guy in the league? I don't understand. He was having a game as bad as his ghost game against the Patriots last year. I don't get how you think Sam Darnold is developing. Where do you see the development? I don't see it. I don't see how he's developing. You have to remove Adam Gase so you can see if he can develop. Because clearly, you need something else with this team. It's not just about your quarterback. It's about this organization. How are you going to sit here and say, okay, we've cleaned everything up now. Uh, Free agents come here. We're going to give you $10 million more to get someplace else. No, no, I'm okay, man. I don't need to go play with the Jets. I'm good. I'm going someplace else. I'm absolutely fine. I'm not doing it. I don't know how you think you're doing Sam Darnold a favor. All right. Sometimes you just have to make a change. And if the change is for Jim Bob Cooter to come run the offense as their running backs coach, the guy did great things with Matthew Stafford. His record in Detroit is really good, as good as it can be for the Lions. And Stafford enjoyed the best years of his career with Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. I'm not saying suddenly he is the the solve-all, but you have a guy on staff that can come in who can tutor your quarterback. And let's see how Darnold looks under another watch, another somebody else that knows something about offense. Because clearly, Adam Gase isn't the guy. He's not a guy to run a football team. He's not a guy to run anything. He's If he got fired tomorrow, he nobody would hire him to be a head coach in the NFL ever again. Never. It would be done. Could he get a job as an OC? Sure. But maybe it would take a while because they go, boy, I don't want to put you in charge of an offense when you just were in charge of an offense for the Jets and the Dolphins that were that was just terrible and in the bottom third of the league every single year. I don't get how they think this is going to help Sam Darnold going forward. When players are going to go through the motions like they have been, he's not been able to look good in this system so far. I don't get how you think suddenly, oh, but, but it'll be better. And just to fire him again at the end of the season. So you're going to keep him again? No, of course, you're going to fire him at the end of this year. So now you're, you're postponing the future, and you're firing him at the end of next year, at the end of this year, and then Darnold's starting over anyway. I, I don't get it. I don't get this as my team. And, and, and for the first time, Mike, I really understand, and I never used to do this. I never used to understand this. But for the first time, I get how people who are fans of a team their whole life emotionally invest for 20, 30 years, just one day decide, I'm done. And, and I walk away. And I never used to get that. When I was young, you know, my mid-20s as a Jets fan, other people knew Jets. Oh, yeah, I used to be a Jets fan. I used to watch all the games, have season tickets. And, yeah, you watch Jets eh, once in a while. What do you mean once in a while you don't watch? Having a good season? Eh, yeah, once in a while. And I get, well, I don't get it. How do, you, how do you love a team for your whole life and then just walk away? No, now I get it. Now I get where everybody has their breaking point where they just go, you know what? It just ain't worth it. And, 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 and people, when they get to a certain age, go, I, I'm not going to emotionally invest in this anymore. I'm done. I, I completely understand where people are at with that. Yeah, this one was particularly painful to watch as we chronicled all of the, the missed opportunities, the Becton play of, well, making him play, the Sam Darnold decision-making, fantastic touchdown run. Uh, there's your highlight, first drive. I reached out to Todd Furman to say, hey, what were the odds they would score a touchdown on the first drive? He laughed. He said, oh, yeah, the sharp money's all on the over. Forget about the rest of it. <laughs> Just that two and up teams getting after it, uh, enough injuries. You know, the, the Broncos have some pretty good component parts. But when we look at the Jets, I, I know there's some some part of Jets scribes and pundits saying, well, let's see what happens when Bell – and Perriman and Mims and all these guys are there and, and available. Like, is, is that really changing it that much? 
Levy and Bell. That, we, been, we know we know that Levy and Bell guy, right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. But that that's been the biggest thing. Oh, but but guys get hurt. Guys get hurt in the NFL all the time. And yes, are the Jets without some guys? Yeah, but you know what? Le'Veon yeah. Bell has stunk when he's been in the game. Bottom line is scheme it up, he man. That's what you're brought in for. You were supposed Th- to be. This a is genius. what it is. It, it, yeah, you were I, supposed I to be the next guy. And and if you did <laughs> kick him to the curb and do the promotions, obviously Williams is is an interesting character, no question about it. But you mentioned Jim Bob Cooter. That's a guy that's been in the room where it happens. Okay, a guy who's got a relationship with Sam Darnold and maybe could coax something better out of him. Again, you got to figure out your offensive line. You got to figure out a bunch of these other issues. But I don't know how going through the rest of the season necessarily helps. Continuity is is a good thing in a lot of places, in a lot of circumstances. Unless you've already shown the dysfunction, then it's time to say, "Hey, you know what? We've gone as far as we can here, buddy." Uh, pack up the office and uh, collect your collect your stuff uh, tomorrow. We'll we'll have security at the front door with you. Sometimes you have to make change, and even if it's change for change's sake, but but this could be change. Okay, let's at least get get the specter of Gase off of this team because it's clear the Jets they're going they're going through the motions all season long. They came out they came out fired up tonight. They were upset that Sam Darnold got body slammed early in mm-hmm. this game. After he runs for a touchdown, he gets body slammed on a sack. The Jets were fired up because they were mad that someone did that to Darnold. So they get nine penalties. All of them are, are basically personal foul penalties. So right. this is what passes for being fired up. They play dumb and undisciplined. And you know what? You want to say that's a Greg Williams thing. That's also an Adam Gase thing. No, absolutely. it comes from the top. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it, you say, oh, well, maybe they showed a little bit of fire. Spark. They did because Darnold got body slammed. And they still, it doesn't matter. You lost to one of the three worst teams in the NFL because you're the other one and so are the Giants. And if you can't beat the Broncos, when again I say you're starting a third-string quarterback for the first time in his NFL career without a number one running back, number one wide receiver, your number one tight end gets hurt middle of the game, you intercept him three times and one for a pick six, and you still can't win that game. I mean, what, is, what does that tell you about your team and, and its destination and what needs to happen? I, I don't understand. And, you know, to make this a big total failure for the Jets – because you know me, I'm the, I'm the human stress ball. You could squeeze me when you're feeling bad and realize, okay, I don't have it as bad as Jason does because I'm not a Jets fan. You look at ownership won't make the move because it's the team is owned by someone who's been away in England for the past three and a half years, and the team is owned by his brother who hired Adam Gase, who just two weeks ago said Gase is a genius, so now is he going to fire him? Because he just said he was a genius, and he's the one guy that, that, is, that he's been able to say, I hired this guy. It is such a, a complete top-to-bottom mess, and again, I go back to, I get why people just unplug and walk away from their team sometimes and say, yeah, I'm just done. It just wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah, I just it's too many things happened, and I figured out other things to do on Sunday. I figured out other things to be worried about. Uh, you know, it, Some people get to that point, and now I get it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, But joining us now on the hotline, a man I've been waiting to talk to to break this game down because I actually blame him for the Jets' loss tonight. It's very easy for me to do this. Very easy. I'll tell you exactly why. You can follow him on Twitter at MMATANYDN. Jets, NFL, columnist, New York Daily News, Manish Mehta. Manish, I really have to blame you for this loss because – you're the one that picked the Jets to win earlier today. I read your column. It's going to be a big win. It could be a big blowout. This is really on you. <laughs> I have a really bad track record when it comes to prognostications. I'm really happy that I do not actually gamble in real life. <laughs> I mean, everything you yeah, I, I say, okay, this is going to be it. And look, feeling coming in, I felt, okay, Greg Williams, rookie quarterback, all of this, it's going to happen. It's Thursday night, and then – what we saw took place, and I shake my head and go, uh, the Jets can just find rock bottom and go, no, no, there's another layer of sediment to get through. We can keep digging here. We get to rock bottom. Yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, look, if you just looked at it logically, uh, the Broncos were missing, what, five or six starters who were all on IR. I think a total of 11 guys were on IR, a future Hall of Fame pass rusher, perennial Pro Bowl defensive tackle, cornerback, starting right tackle, top wide receiver, <laughs> starting quarterback. I mean, when you're going into 
uh, foreign territory with a undrafted quarterback making his first career start uh, with all of these other injuries, you're not expected to win. So, I mean, logic dictated to me that the Jets, for as poorly as they had played to this point, uh, would come away with their first win. I, I just did not conceive that uh, Brett Rippon would uh, be as good as he was for three quarters, which he was. And he obviously started to unravel in that fourth quarter, but the Jets are so inept that they couldn't even take advantage of that. Now, you know, what, oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, Jason. No, well, no, go ahead, Mike. One, you got it. one of the things early for us uh, as we watched it, Manish, was, uh, well, the fourth play. Uh, the break glass in case of emergency got cold really fast, as I, I thought Becton was going to be in bubble wrap uh, and not available. Instead, he's out there and getting roughed up. Th- this is one of your, your benchmark guys. Uh, did, did Gase address this yet uh, as to what the logic was of putting him in harm's way? Uh, they have no belief in Connor McDermott, uh, who played last week after Becton got hurt. Uh, I, I don't quite understand why Becton was even active. Uh, if he's active, he should start. If he's not healthy enough to play, he should be inactive. This whole idea of being ready in case of emergency uh, opens uh, yourself up for uh, further damage, and that's obviously what happened because Becton came in uh, and then you know, left shortly thereafter because his shoulder, his pec, is still bothering him. Hopefully he didn't exacerbate it too much. Uh, I, you know, I don't believe in the break glass of an emergency type of situation when you're dealing with health, especially a young player like Becton who had played well in the first couple games. Uh, you know, if, he, if he's not right, uh, look, you're not going to the Super Bowl, you're not making the playoffs this year, you just sit him down, you give him the extended rest, and get him ready for the Arizona game. Uh, the following week, uh, you know, I thought that was poorly handled. They've really botched a lot of their roster decision making to this point. That's not just an Adam Gase problem. That's also a Joe Douglas problem. And uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll see how, how bad the injury actually is. Uh, you know, there's no definitive conclusion after the game. They'll get a better better idea over the next couple of days. But uh, it was a it was a big risk, an unnecessary risk, and it obviously backfired. You know, Manish, uh, we saw reports after the game, Connor Hughes, the Athletics, saying the Jets are going to stick with Adam Gase and not going to fire him tonight, not tomorrow, going to stick with him for the season because they want to see uh, Sam Darnold continue to develop. I mean, the people you talk to there, you know, you're on the inside. What is the Jets' plan when it comes to what they want to do with head coach Sam Darnold going forward? Well, look, Woody Johnson has owned this team for over 20 years. He has never once fired a coach in season. Uh, and even when things got rough a couple years ago with Todd Bowles, they let him ride it out in December. Uh, and you guys know this. Two weeks ago, Christopher Johnson called Adam Gase uh, a guy who had a quote-unquote brilliant offensive mind. Uh, so you can't walk that back two weeks later. Now, you can walk it back by season's end or in another couple months uh, when people maybe, well, I don't think Jets fans will forget, but when it kind of dulls. But when you call somebody that, and that's not just an endorsement, that's really going over the top and saying that this is my guy, you can't fire that guy two, two weeks later. And you're not going to fire a head coach four weeks in, even though it's pretty obvious that Sam Darnold's never going to get to where he needs to get to with this head coach. Uh, but when Woody Johnson, who's the actual owner of the team, comes back from the U.K. after his uh, time in the Trump administration ends, perhaps at the end of this year, he's going to make a decision, and that decision in all likelihood is going to you know, cut the cord on the head coach unless things completely change over the next several months. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of spin in the last 48 hours. Uh, Ian Rappaport even said this morning from NFL Network that uh, Adam Gase's future does not hinge on uh, tonight's game. And I think that was actually fairly obvious if you covered the team day in and day out. Uh, they're just not going to do that right now. It makes the owner and the CEO, I should say, look much worse than he already does. And that's why I think when there is a change, as I would anticipate, uh, it, would, it wouldn't be until the season is over. Well, when we get to the end of the season, uh, we were looking at wins, losses, not that we like to play the schedule game. Uh, are they actually going to win a game? I, I'm not seeing an obvious spot here. Well, look, I, I can definitely see a scenario where they're 0-8. Uh, you, they've got Arizona, then they go at the, at the Chargers, then they're hosting the Bills, going at Kansas City, hosting the Patriots. Uh, I think that's eight games, uh, maybe that's seven. But uh, I, I'm not sure they're going to win uh, over the next uh, five weeks. Uh, but then you've got a quirk in the schedule where you're at Miami, have a bye week, and then Miami comes to you. So they play Miami twice in a three-week period. 
I think they can split one of those games. So if if you're talking about uh, when's the next win going to come, I think, frankly, it's, it's going to be Miami unless they can steal one against the Cardinals next week, which I, I don't anticipate have. Uh, I can't see that because I can't see the Jets' defense stopping anybody. Uh, they have no cornerbacks. They signed Pierre Desir to be their number one cornerback. Pierre Desir was benched in the second quarter of week one because he stunk. And then the only reason he's playing now is because there's other injuries. And as you saw today, he had the worst two-interception game I have seen in my life. Yeah. One of those two interceptions was a pick six, which landed in his lap in zone coverage. That guy was getting beat left and right. Uh, he cannot play man coverage. You have to play zone when he's in the game. That's fairly obvious. It's also fairly obvious that he shouldn't be on the field, but the Jets don't have very many other options. Uh, they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't even think they register a sack today against uh, Rippon, and uh, and their back end stinks. So you don't you get you don't have pressure on the quarterback. Your quarterbacks stink. How do you expect to stop Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona in, in, in 10 days from now? Manish made a Jets insider with the New York Daily News with us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. You tweeted out a few minutes ago uh, a very telling uh, statement, I think, from Sam Darnold following the game tonight. He was asked about the speculation on, on Adam Gase's job, and he said, quote, it's nothing I'm worried about. Obviously, I love Adam, but it's not my decision to make. Now, it's been, I love Adam, Adam's my guy, hey, I love Adam, but that saying, it's not my decision to make, is Darnold leaving the door open saying, hey, listen, I'm okay if you want to move on from this guy? Yeah, well, what I'll say about Sam Darnold is that anybody who knows him, and look, I don't profess to be best friends with him, but I think I have a fairly good handle on uh, you know, how he handles things publicly. Uh, he will never throw anybody under the bus. He said glowing things about Todd Bowles, about Jeremy Bates, about Todd Helton, uh, about whoever his high school coach was, his peewee coach. That's just who he is, and that's who he will always be. What I thought was telling was actually something he said a week ago when asked about whether uh, he felt pressure uh, living up to expectations of being a franchise quarterback. He actually injected Adam Gase into his answer by saying, both I and the head coach will ultimately be judged by wins and losses. And that was not a question about Gase. It was a question about him. But he lumped Gase in with him. Uh, what I'll say about Darnold is that he wants to see the good in everybody, even people who don't necessarily always say glowing things about him in private. Okay, last one from me. Uh, who wins the fight between Fangio and Gase if they were just to throw down at midfield? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll always take the defensive guy over the offensive guy. <laughs> That's just my general philosophy. I, I know a lot of offensive coaches and defensive coaches. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to roll with the defensive guys. What was your take on that scene at the end of the game? Because it, it, that just got so out of control. And, we know, and I know that Vic Fangio and Gase don't get along, and Elway doesn't like Gase, and Fangio decides to throw deep twice. You know the Jets are going to come after him and try to knock Brett Rippon silly. Uh, what, what was your take on, on, on what you saw at the end there? Well, I don't think that uh, Rippon would have even attempted a pass if the Jets didn't start calling timeouts with a minute to go. I don't understand that. Mark, uh, Mark I knew I was going to say that. Brett Rippon uh, started to kneel. <laughs> he, he knelt on first down with a minute to go. The Jets called the timeout. It's a two-possession game. The game's over. I don't quite understand that. On second down, Rippon knelt again, and then the Jets exhausted their final timeout. So they called timeouts on two consecutive plays. I don't understand that. What I do understand, as you just alluded to, is that there is no love loss between John Elway and Adam Gase, because when Adam Gase was with Miami, he was up 33-9 to uh, in the waning moments of the game and uh, decided to do an onside kick just to rub it into Elway because he was not seriously considered for the, the Broncos job after he left. And there's a reason why he wasn't considered for the Broncos job, because he's not, very, uh, he's not liked very well by John Elway and the Denver Broncos for a number of different reasons. He's not liked for the same reason that he didn't get hired as the Ravens' offensive coordinator uh, several years ago, because he was arrogant, he was cocky, he did not come across as somebody that you would want to work with. And that turned off John Harbaugh. That turned off the entire Raven organization. So, uh, you know, that criticism toward Gase is warranted. Uh, in terms of the relationship between... Fangio and Gase, you know, I know they obviously work together in Chicago. I just don't think this would have been any kind of issue if the Jets didn't call uh, two consecutive timeouts. And then they got overly aggressive with Alec Ogletree being offsides on that fourth and 18. And then Steve McClendon, who's one of the classiest guys you'll ever actually meet, uh, not a dirty player at all. 
his roughing the passer penalty with eight seconds left on, on that next-to-last play is inexcusable. I don't think he's a dirty player. In fact, I know he's not a dirty player, but that was a dirty play. You can follow him on Twitter at MMATANYDN. That is at MMATANYDN. Manish Mehta, thanks a bunch for staying up late with us. I appreciate it, as always. Look forward to reading you. And, and hey, if you pick the Jets every week to win and they don't win, <laughs> then we're into Trevor Lawrence, so then it would be okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to pick the Jets to win at least for another couple months. All right. <laughs> there you go. Good. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.